Morning. Wow. God's amazing. Did you feel it during the worship? Love the way Paul kicked us off. Just let's break the jar of our praise over his feet. And I felt like he set the foundation for us today. And my prayer is that what I preach on will lead us to encounter right at the end. We're in a series, as Nat said, just to introduce myself for those that might not know me. My name's San. I'm also one of the elders or pastors of the church along with Paul, and it's a privilege to serve in that capacity. It really is. Um, and we're in this series called Acts of Courage. We've given it a, a good bit of platform, a good bit of introduction as the weeks have gone on. The title for today, if you're making notes, is Living Under Influence. Why don't you say that? Living under influence. Living under influence. It will become apparent as we go. Can you turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts? We're in chapter 2, beginning of chapter 2, and as soon as I say that, some of you go, oh, goody, goody. We're going to have fun this morning. I really feel God's presence here with us. We know he's always present, but his manifest presence changes, as we know. We're going to just dive straight in, okay, because I, I really don't want to waste too much time in terms of introduction, and I had to read 13 verses, but we're just going to skip a little bit, if that's okay. The verses are going to come up on the screen behind me as well. Tell you what, I'll read along with you. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Can you even imagine that? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Can you just skip the slide? Another slide on. It, on, on, on. Again. Stop there. Basically, the slides we've skipped, A, because I can't pronounce some of the things. I shouldn't have said that. But B, I want to get to the point. And all these visitors from Rome, both Jews and the P word, they were astonished. Do you know? Because they heard them telling the wonders of God, effectively, in their own native tongue, their own language. They were astonished. And it finishes by saying they were amazed. What does this mean? But others mock them saying they're drunk. They're filled with a new kind of wine. Basically, they're hammered. They're pickled. They're puddled. Read those 13 verses in your own time. What I want you to see, if you skip back to the first slide, please. What I want you to see is this. When the day of Pentecost came, when they were together for the festival, they were in one place and then suddenly... Suddenly there came a noise from heaven like that of a rushing wind and it came down on them. And something like fire came to rest on people as the Spirit guided. This was the empowering of the early church. Today we're going to be looking at baptism in the Holy Spirit. This was the empowering of the early church. This is where it all started. Uh, an empowering for these people that propelled them into the mission field. Okay, it propelled them to be Jesus' witnesses on the earth. This is where it started. 
Already in the gospel, Jesus had breathed on them to say, receive the Spirit. At conversion, when you are saved, you are given the Holy Spirit. But then there's this power that comes from heaven. We see it through the New Testament. We're going to go on a journey with this. This filling with the Spirit was the platform that they were to live from. People, just look at one another for a minute. Ordinary people like us, dear friends. Ordinary people filled with God's love and power. And this began to change the face of the planet. This is what happened. It started with this 120-ish or so in an upper room filled with power that then spilled out onto the streets. People thought they were drunk. People thought they were drunk because they'd seen something in this, this people that they hadn't previously seen. Now, we are much, much further down on the journey, okay? We're much further down on the journey. But what I want to say to you is it's same God same Holy Spirit. We live in the same world. It's just a different time, different context, different culture, but same God. But we have the same mandate, and that's to share the love of Jesus on earth. To go and make disciples of all nations, God tells us. That's our mandate as well today. But the same reality is true for us that was true for them. We need power, friends. Anyone else need power? Yeah, anyone else at times feel like a feeble, fickle human being? That's because we are. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory, but we're humans that need the power from heaven. As Jesus says, wait to receive power from on high until you're clothed with power. We need the same power, friends. And it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us and gives us the courage needed to do these acts of courage. This isn't just a series that goes, oh, that's wonderful head knowledge. That's great information. This is for transformation. This is to give us courage. This is to give me a new courage to say, man, I've got Christ in me. And I need his empowering to share my faith with my friends, my mother, my father, my brother. And so do you, friends. So this morning, we're going to look at it under two parts. Part one is called Filled. I'm so creative. And part two, ready for it, Filled again. And again. This is it. We are to be filled and then filled again and again and again and again. I've got 30 minutes and again and again and again and again. Turn to your neighbor and nudge him and say, again. Come on, again. Say it with gusto. Be filled again. Let's just pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come and drink. You want the Holy Spirit? You want the Holy Spirit's activity in your life? Just ask him. Say, come, Holy Spirit, right now. Come and fill us again. Come and saturate us again. Come and give us courage and boldness again. Come and heal us. Come and restore us. Come and reveal Jesus to us again and again. Okay, it's one thing being filled with the Spirit. So this is why I'm doing it under two parts. It's one thing receiving this baptism, this filling with the Spirit, absolutely vital Don't get me wrong, vital, underline it, crucial for us, this power encounter. 
but it doesn't stay there. As wonderful as that is, I want to take it a step further and look at the importance through this message of this ongoing filling with the Spirit. That's what the Church of Christ needs to know, this ongoing, it's a free bar. You can come whenever, and heaven's doors are open. You can come whenever and drink. This is why I've entitled this message, Living Under Influence. Not living for the next encounter, not living for the next conference or meeting, but living under influence. The influence of the Spirit is on you, in you, through you, over you. He wants to open our eyes so we see it. This ongoing, at home on my own, I can just say, God, fill me with your Spirit. I don't need you to be there. It's just me and God. And I want you to know the same. After today, you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But as you wake up, go, God, I'm just connected to you. Thank you. Like Paul said, we're never separated from you. Your love is continually flowing through me. Now baptize me afresh with your spirit. The word baptism means drench, to be immersed, to be completely covered in God. So throughout what I share, my desire is is to build a biblical framework and foundation for us to stand on, but not for information's sake, but it propels us to encounter. Okay? Are you up for this? That it propels your heart into an encounter with God. So let's get to work. Part one, filled. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a great deal of controversy out there. There is a great deal of controversy. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit, the role of the Spirit, particularly the baptism in the Holy Spirit, this has been contested for years. Do you get it all at conversion? At salvation, you've got it all, just grow in it. Or is it an after blessing? Now, what I'm not going to do today is... My task, I really believe this, it's so important to tackle this and you have a biblical framework and foundation and doctrine. What do you believe? But my task today isn't to unpack that because I feel like we could go off topic a little bit. My task is to simply present you with the importance of being filled. And the important point, have you received the Spirit? Whether it's a conversion, whether it's an after-blessing, let's just put that on the shelf just for a few moments. But I want to look you guys in the eyes and say, have you received the Spirit? I'm seeing a lot of nodding. That's awesome. Some of you are looking at me cross-eyed as well. Have you received this baptism? You'd know because it is a conscious experience. It's conscious. It's conscious. I remember when I was filled with the Spirit, man, joy just flew out of me. I wanted to run out into the streets and knock on people's doors. Not like I used to do, knock down ginger, you know, knock and run away. But knock and say, do you know Jesus? Because I've just met him. That's what happened to me. You'd know there's this conscious experience. Look at the, the example in Acts that we've just read. There was wind, there was noise, there was fire, there was tongues. This other language, not just a load of droopy tongues. This language that just spilled out. There was a boldness, or can I say, courage, that came. 
There was tangible evidence that these people had experienced and received something that they previously didn't know. There was tangible experience. Jesus' friends were so filled with joy that people thought they were drunk. And later on, Peter goes, listen, we're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning or eight in the morning. We're not binge drinkers. We're not drunk. They're drunk on a completely different spirit. So what I want to say to you is you're born again by the spirit. When you're born again, the scripture says you're given a deposit. That's the Holy Spirit. And then there's this power that comes to empower you to live out this life that Jesus won for you. And then we're encouraged to keep walking instead with the spirit. So it's a continual flow. There's been an unfolding story throughout history, okay? From the Old Testament through the prophets, New Testament, John the Baptist, Jesus, the gospel writers, Acts, and now us. It's just this one long unfolding story. So we're going to go on a little bit of a journey. Firstly, the Old Testament. People living under the Old Testament. We've done this with you guys before. But I really did want to build a framework for us. The Holy Spirit came upon, rested upon, rushed upon certain people, specific people, kings, prophets, priests, judges, for specific tasks. Special people, if you like. And in 1 Samuel, there's this great phrase when Samuel's about to anoint Saul as king. They're they're out and there's this dialogue going on and there's this one verse. So when Samuel's talking to Saul, he's telling him that when God comes upon him, he says, then the spirit of the Lord will rush upon you and you will prophesy with them and you'll be turned into another man. Tangible. This conscious act. When the spirit comes on you, Pete, you'll be turned into another Pete. Samuel's telling Saul, when he comes, when God fills you, when God rests on you, you'll be turned into another man. You're going to do things that aren't under your own strength. You're going to begin to prophesy with these other prophets. This is the reality under the old covenant. The Spirit would come upon specific people, come upon David. The Spirit of the Lord came upon, came upon, came upon. And then we get to the prophets we, we see this, this prophet Joel on the scene hundreds of years before Christ. He's speaking into the future. He's, he's calling the people of Israel back. He's saying, this is where it's gone wrong, but this is what's going to happen. Hundreds of years before Jesus lands on planet Earth. And he says there's a time coming, a specific time in history, where God will fill all flesh with his spirit. In Joel, it says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Listen to this, friends. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Not your special priests. Your sons and your daughters will begin to prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Another prophet, Ezekiel, in chapters 11 and 36 of Ezekiel, he says, and I will put my spirit within them. These prophets are speaking about something that's coming. A day that's coming that no longer is contained for priests and judges and rulers. But Sarah Burgess, the spirit of the sovereign Lord will come upon you. And you'll begin to prophesy. You'll begin to say, dead flesh, wake up. The spirit of the sovereign Lord will come upon you. 
the spirit of the sovereign Lord will come upon you. Nick and Anna, the spirit of the sovereign Lord has come upon you. This is the day we live in. So both prophets are speaking into the future. Then we get to the New Testament. John the Baptist. You know, when Jesus arrived, he brought with him a whole new way of living, didn't he? The kingdom. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is now at arm's reach. It's now closer than the breath. It's, it's now within grasp. It's here. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. Boom! On planet earth. And with the kingdom, Jesus ushers in the, the life of the spirit. He's pointing people to the future. Following his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension back to the Father, the promise of the Father sending the Spirit. And Jesus is the one that ushers it in. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water in Luke 3, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. That's his message. I'm not even worthy to touch his feet. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire. Jesus in John's Gospel, chapters 14, 15, and 16, particularly 14 and 16, talk about the works of the Spirit. That he's not going to leave us as orphans, that he's going to come. And he says, I've got so much to say, more than you can now bear, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... He'll lead and guide you into all truth. He's saying there's a day coming when the Spirit's going to be poured out without measure. Interesting point. In Luke 24, 49, these are Jesus' words. He says, In behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. I want to link this with Jesus' own baptism. He says to his disciples, wait. Don't just go out in your own strength. You think of Jesus' baptism. Before his earthly ministry started, he was baptized by John, and it says the Spirit came down and rested or alighted on him. And then this voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love, in him I'm so pleased. The Spirit came upon Jesus before he even went out to pray for the sick. So if it's true for him, it's true for us. He says, wait to receive power. Then Acts, we get to the book of Acts. So we've gone on the journey, Old Testament, the prophets, New Testament with Jesus crashing in on planet Earth. And then the early church, chapters 1 and 2, says in chapter 1, 4 and 5, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait. This is before Jesus ascended. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit in not many days from now. So he's saying to them, wait. Then chapters 1 verse 8 says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Now we arrive at the climax in chapter 2. The coming of the Holy Spirit. Dear friends, I I really want to encourage and urge you to keep your hearts open. Some of this might be just be like, well, what's this? I want to build a journey for us that you can be convinced, because it's not just feelings driven, it's got to be factual and truth driven. That you yourself leave here going, 
I can have this. I can live in this. What the church needs more than anything is power from heaven. Not power under our own strength, because anything like me, it runs out after about 25 seconds. We need a power from heaven that gives us courage to live out this life that Jesus won for us. Then we get to this wonderful climax of all that's gone before, leading up to this point, the prophets, Jesus, they're pointing towards, and now suddenly they're experiencing what's been prophesied. They were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven, there came this sound like the mighty rushing wind. And then, and then, the whole house was filled and divided as of tongues of fire came to rest on people's heads. The place where they were meeting was shaken. This wind shook them. They could hear it, they could feel it, and then they could see fire. In Acts 2.33, it says, Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God. This is Peter. He stands up. After being filled with the Spirit, Peter spills out onto the streets. This once terrified follower is now standing up in front of thousands going, We did it. God sent him to redeem us, and we sent him to the cross. And it's our fault. It's your fault. Repent. Turn. He proclaims the gospel to them. And they basically say, what must we do about this? But just before that, he says to them, being therefore exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Spirit, he has poured out. He's poured out this stuff that you're seeing and hearing. And then we get to us, friends. From the book of Acts, thousands of years later, hundreds, centuries later, there's us, you and me, sitting in little old Hastings, We have the same promise for us today. Anyone in the house believe that? We have the same promise here today. We are now part of this unfolding story. The Spirit has been poured out for us to receive today. The same Spirit then for them is available for us now. The same God the same one full of power, the promise. I want you to know it's a promise gift, and God isn't like any other father. He isn't like any other human being who has broken promises. It says in the scriptures that he's steadfast in his love, and he's steadfast in his faithfulness. So what God says is a promise is a promise. This is a promised, sealed, sure, secure gift from the father. And Paul, you don't need to earn it. It's here for you right now. The question is, have you received? I'm going to keep asking for help. Have you received? Have you tangibly experienced this baptism? You know, as I said, some believe it's an all-at-conversion deal. And they underplay this baptism. This, this great theologian, a guy called Martin Lloyd-Jones, when I was chatting to him the other day, through something he wrote, just an amazing mind, an amazing preacher, someone that changed Christianity in our nation. 
He said this, they say it happened when I was born again at my conversion, that there's nothing more for me to seek. I've got it all, I've got it all, got it all, he says. Well, if you've got it all, I simply ask in the name of God, why, as, why are you as you are? If you have got it all, why are you so unlike the New Testament Christians? And I want to provoke you, friend. If you're someone that says, I've got it all, why are you like you are? Why do you still struggle? Why are you still nervous and timid? Why are we still flawed? Why do we still make mistakes? If you've got it all at conversion, where is it? Where's the power? It's never meant to be like that. It's meant to be this continual running river. You got it once, that's wonderful. Get it again and again and again and again. For the promise is for you and your children, it says in Acts, and for all who are far off, that's us. Everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. This promise is God himself. This promise is God's presence with us. And you know, real courage comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just put your hand on your heart right now? And say, come and fill me, Holy Spirit. I'm going to lead us in prayer towards the end anyway, but right now I just feel, come and and fill me right now with your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I want to tangibly feel your presence. I want to know you in my life. Okay, part, part two, filled again and again and again and again. Baptism in the Spirit, I've already done this, said this, so I won't major there. It's not a one-off blessing. It's not a one-off deal. It's not a badge of honor for maturity. Some tend to treat it that way. Uh, They say, I was was baptized in the Spirit in 74, in in 92, in 88, in in, in the the year dot, I was baptized in the Spirit. That's, That's great. But we're encouraged by Scripture to keep on being filled Not meant to be bottled up, stored up, jarred up. When we do that, our lives seem to run dry, don't they? In Acts, we see evidence of how people were filled and filled again. In Acts 4, uh, verse 8 and Acts 4, 31, it says, Then Peter, filled of the Holy Spirit, said to them, He'd already been filled, but then he was filled again with boldness to speak to the rulers. In Acts 4, 31, when they prayed... The place where they were gathered was shaken. There it is again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God boldly. You know, the day of Pentecost, this day of the Spirit, ushered in a whole new way that God's people were now to live. And this was the start. We shouldn't look back and go, oh, if only we were like that. That was the start of the journey. We are like that. We are to expect the same stuff. We're to expect the same God to break out in power. It might look different. It might be worked out in a different way, different culture. Because of what Jesus achieved at the cross, I want you to see this. Because of his death for our sins, because of his resurrection for our salvation, because of his ascension back to the Father and the promised sending of the Spirit, we can now receive, and we're to live and walk in that. That's our way of life, a people that live in the Spirit. This means we can now live under anointing, 
live under an influence, not of a one-off power encounter. As good as that is, dear friends, it's, it's not just going for this one-off encounter. I want you to crave that, that's wonderful, but it's effectively as if going, man, I'm going to live in this place. I'm going to live knowing that the Spirit of God has rested upon me. The Spirit of Jesus now lives within me. And I'm going to draw on that presence. I'm going to ask these rivers of living water to flow within me and give me courage. Give me courage just to speak out. Like Nat said, give me courage just to say, hey, I've noticed you're sick, man. Can I pray for you? To give me courage to feed the hungry, to love the unlovable. Come, Holy Spirit. Living under power, living under influence. The Holy Spirit has been poured out without measure. And it's not an issue his end. It's an issue our end. It's not God's end. He's not bunging it up, going, until you really deserve this, he's wanting our minds to be transformed to see it. That he's there. He's available. Ephesians 5.18, the writer Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, because this leads to debauchery. This leads to you doing crazy, stupid things. Don't get drunk on wine. Don't get boozed up on wine. Instead, get filled with the Holy Spirit. I've been hammered on wine, and it doesn't do you any good. It gives you confidence in the moment, but the next day you go, oh, I can't believe I said that. Don't worry, it wasn't last night, friends. I see some of you go, you're meant to be one of our pastors. But I know what it feels like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's pure, right? That's pure love. That's something where you go, I want everyone to have this. I want everyone to experience this. There's no hangover. It's a joy over. Full of joy, full of peace. So, oh, I've had too much of the Spirit and I feel awesome. I've had so much of the Holy Spirit, I feel full of joy and peace. I've had it before where I've been like, I've had too much vodka, I want to die. Don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with Holy Spirit. Being filled again and again. The context here is be being filled. When he says instead be filled, he says be ongoing being filled. Be being filled. Keep being filled. It's like a conviction, just keep being filled. Just keep being filled and filled and filled. You're baptized in the Spirit, that's great. Now keep being baptized. You know, we're encouraged in Scripture to walk in step with the Spirit. Paul writes to the Galatian church, and in a chapter in Galatians, he says, keep in step with the Spirit. Live out your life, Christians, in step. When he goes, you go. When he takes a step to the left, you take a step to the left. Wherever the Spirit goes, you go. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So we're filled to keep being filled, to stay in step with him. This is our encouragement today. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit, born again by the Spirit, power by the Spirit, to live in step with the Spirit. You know, when we live in step with the Holy Spirit, He influences our lives. 
But then we are influencing other people's lives. Okay? Our lives are influenced so we can influence others. Jesus in me, the hope of glory, yeah? So Jesus in me means that wherever I go, I take Jesus with me. So if I'm living in that continual flow of the Spirit, whenever I encounter my family and friends, they're encountering something of the reality of Jesus. You know, I've just had a privilege of going on a trip with someone to the Middle East, and it was incredible to see the power of Jesus impacting people's lives. Because where they go, where we go, Jesus goes. He, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Don't worry, I'm coming in for a bit of a land, and then we're just going to see what God wants to do for a little while. Basically, the Holy Spirit helps us live and look and smell and feel more like Jesus. It says in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's goodness. Kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We can tend to look at this as a fridge magnet and go, this is just how I live. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit produces in your life. And you know that if you're not loving, do you know, this is what courage is, love. It takes me courage to love my family at times, and I know it takes them courage to love me. It takes courage, joy, peace, patience. Ongoing courage comes from continually living with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit of Jesus means we get the courage of Jesus. And we start doing things that Jesus did. To love the unlovable. To pray for the hurting. To sit with the despised. To hang out with prostitutes, tax collectors and sinners. To hold people, to cry with people, to love people, to feed and clothe. I love this verse in Luke's Gospel. The Pharisees and the Sadducees got together and they said, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Isn't that wonderful about our Saviour? I love following a God like that. This man hangs out with wrongans. This man hangs out with sinners. That's my Jesus. That's what we want to be like. Chris Bunt, he hangs out with sinners. That's lovely, right? Sand eats with sinners. Can I just invite the the band up? The children are going to come in 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 just a few moments, but as as they do, if if we just go over just a couple of minutes, I just want to really land this so people can encounter him. The whole point was for us to come into an encounter with him. It's all about being made more into the image of the Son and making that a lifestyle. Knowing that Christ is in us and connecting with that reality. Knowing that Christ lives and dwells within me. Those that are loved much, love much. I really believe that. When we receive that love that Paul talked about earlier, when we receive that love, we then love much. You can only give what you have within And if you aren't living in the love of God, you're not going to give anyone anything. You need to stay pickled, drenched, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because then his love, bang, 
breaks out all over you and all over the earth. What I'd love to happen if, if Sean, if you don't mind just padding something in the background, can I just invite you to stand? That's what we see in the book of Acts, and that's what we see in our lives. Ordinary people, ordinary people, so filled with an extraordinary God that they begin to do crazy things. They begin to do things that starts turning the world on its head. They begin to preach this message of Jesus. They begin to lay their hands on sick people and see them recover. They begin to do things that potentially could get them killed. But they do it because they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the life and power and love of Jesus. So I want to ask you again, friend, are you filled with the life, love and power of Jesus? The primary purpose of being filled, the primary purpose of being filled is that so we take this message to a lost, broken and dying world. It is to be loved, but it's to go. That's the primary purpose of being filled. So we live and look like Jesus. Just want to encourage you to close your eyes just for a few moments. The primary purpose is that we so co-labor with Christ that his life and our life are inseparable. In Isaiah 61 and Luke 4, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Just for a, a moment, just think about these verses. The Lord has anointed me. Say that with me. The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has sent me to set the oppressed free. He has sent me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what we live in, friends. You and I live in the year of the Lord's favor. If you struggle to receive, if you're asking and you're not feeling anything, if you're wanting to be filled for your purposes, then don't be surprised if nothing changes. But if you desire what Jesus desires, and that's people, if you desire people to encounter him, then hold on to your seats. God fills us so we know him. God fills us so we can live with him. But God fills us so we can share him. just want to share a quick story. There's a story of a pastor in the US. He says, while he was pastoring, listen to this, suddenly without any warning, I experienced for the first time in my life a genuine baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was filled so fast with such an amazing and intimate joy and happiness. I began to shout and I began to laugh. I laughed, I cried, I was overjoyed. And then without warning, a flood of prophetic activity filled my mind as such as never before. 
then, is, if, is, if this wasn't strange and mysterious enough, I noticed the description of the things I said wasn't in English. I was speaking in tongues, and I got up the next morning, and I worshipped like never before. It was intimate like never before. I preached more passionately than ever before, and people definitely noticed. I thank God for this baptism in the Spirit, and I can't wait to see what's next. Right now, right where you're at, just extend your hands. It says in the Scriptures, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Let's make this Hastings. You will receive power when the Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses to your families, to other people's families, to Hastings, Bexhill, the surrounding areas, to the nations, and to the ends of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit. In just a few moments, we are going to pray for folk and then close the meeting. But I just want to leave some space. Come, Holy Spirit. Just begin to ask him to fill you. I can see him rested on some of you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on. Come, Holy Spirit. This is what happens, folks. Tangibly experienced. He moves your body. He moves your body. Come, Holy Spirit. Keep asking him. Say, come and fill me. I want this baptism in the Spirit. I'm going to ask Janair and the band to lead us in a song in a a moment. But I want to give you this application. Wherever you are right now, you can receive. If you're a guest among us, please don't be freaked out by this. You, You feel free to just relax and do what you feel comfortable about. But if you want to receive this baptism, in the in the scriptures you see this process of people laying on of hands. So I want to encourage you, if you want to receive, just lay the hand, your hand on the person next to you right now. And just ask the Holy Spirit right now to flood their heart, their life. Just come, Holy Spirit. Pray you'd fill us with power. Fill us with power to live. Fill us with power to know you. This is what Jesus says. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. If you believe in me, as the scriptures said, streams of living water will flow from within you. He's talking about the Spirit. Thirst, believe, come and drink. Come Holy Spirit. Come and fill our lives. Come and fill our hearts. Come and saturate us with power.